Hello everyone and welcome back to the Socially Desi Show, the podcast that motivates you to live, create and inspire. If this is your first time here, welcome. On our show, we discuss tips and strategies with our guest speakers on how to tackle problems related to personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. So hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. Today we are interacting with the dynamic chef duo Madhav and Varun. They have been the driving force behind Miguel's Cocktails, located in Bento Miguel, a heritage building in the heart of Panjim, Goa. Drawing upon the rich history and culture of this celebrated neighborhood, Miguel's is an art deco bar that serves as a friendly watering hole for both the residents of Panjim and the wandering visitors. So hello Varun and Madhav, welcome to the show. Hi guys, hello. Hi hi pleasure to be here Pleasure is all mine Madhav and Varun thank you so much for doing this with the socially desi show and uh, before we even begin today's episode uh, there has been a really interesting journey uh, regarding you know how you guys met and how the whole uh, Miguel story started so Madhav I would like to uh, start this with you uh, how did you guys sure. meet So uh, Varun and I met in uh, college uh, in this small village uh, in Switzerland called Nebufre that's where our culinary college was called Cesaret's Colleges Culinary Arts Academy in Switzerland mm-hmm. and uh, both of us were roommates uh, that's that's how we met uh, oh and nice. uh, yeah, the funny part is in our first uh, f- first first two three months when we were roommates we didn't really like each other that much <laughs> and uh, but we actually started liking each other like uh, our affection for each other and respect for each other as chefs grew uh, as we started working in the kitchen in college because mm-hmm. both of us have a very different personality but uh, we both of us work very well uh, as a yin and yang we would say in the kitchen and uh, from working in college together uh, then uh, towards the end of our college when both of us are almost about to graduate uh, we were both in paris uh, sitting uh, sitting under the eiffel tower and okay. we were just like in the uh, maybe inshallah in the next 5 years or 10 years we might mm-hmm. uh, work together open a restaurant together and the funny part is we became roommates on the 5th of uh, 5th of october fourth uh, sorry <laughs> oh, unbelievable <laughs> sorry sorry 4th of october <laughs> 4th of october we, uh, we became roommates uh, 5th of october we were in paris Okay. Right? No. Uh, no, 5th of no, October. No. For, so, 4th of yeah. October is when we first met. 5th of yeah. October is when college actually started. Yes. 6th of October, October, three years later, we were under the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, 6th of October, we were under the Eiffel Tower talking about how uh, we, uh, we we might just work together. And then like literally mm-hmm. one year after, on, on the 7th of October, we were moving to Goa to open Miguel's. Wow. So, yeah, it's... Uh, Four, four, five, but six, uh, Varun, Varun, yes. uh, Madhav skipped the whole year. Can you tell me something uh, a bit about what happened during that one year? Oh, so uh, during the <laughs> one year of between us talking about the Eiffel Tower and and the restaurant and and us moving to Goa. Yeah, yeah. So um, short after that, I had moved back to Dubai because I found a job at one of the greatest chefs uh, in the mm. world. uh but then i was also like mentally in a place where i did not want to be in dubai and i wanted to run away from everything 
Um, so when I was in Jaipur for my Chachi's 50th birthday, I applied to live in Madison Park in New York. Um, and a year earlier, this I had applied in 20, uh, 19, and I had applied in 2018. Mm-hmm. And in 2017, they, were, they won the world's uh, best restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I applied to them, you know, I was like, okay, what's the harm? I applied and they replied back like uh, a week later saying, we'd like for you to come to a stage. And I told my mom and dad and they were like, yeah, go. So I immediately went back to Dubai, got my visit visa for the US, went to New York. I didn't get that job. Um, got a job at another sister restaurant of 11 Madison Park. And then I was in New York. And as soon as I moved to New I moved to New York in January 2019. And about four months later, uh, Madhav messaged me. Because of the time difference, I was asleep at the time. But he messaged me four years later, four months later saying, yo, I'm opening a restaurant. Come help. I was like, <laughs> and then I woke up the next morning, uh, seeing the message and I replied, ha, okay, chal, let me know mm. when to come. And I didn't really have to think about it. Right. Because my visa was, was, was limited in the U S I didn't really want to move back to Dubai. I okay. wasn't in a mental space to figure out applying for Australia or Canada because it's a very lengthy process. And Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're really starting from zero, right? I think this um, is the like right. quickest conversation that I've ever had. Like you know, to to like hire someone <laughs> or like to just get somebody yeah. on board. Like, I'm like I'm opening a restaurant. I want you to be my sushi. Or like, okay, he like when should I come? I like just come in September. We chill for a month. We go to Goa. He like, ha ha, sure. I just suddenly like he was here. It was wow. amazing. It, it wow. really was a no-brainer because you know at the end of the day, I realized that I was going to mm. open up a restaurant at 23. Whatever the other reasons may be, not a lot of people get to open up a restaurant at 23. Doing the yep, food yep. that you want to do, whether or not yep. it's a city or country you want to live in, that was really second or third hand. You know, that didn't really matter. It was at yep. that point being so fresh in the industry and realizing that, oh, okay, you know, can I do this? I knew I couldn't, but 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 it wasn't whether or not <laughs> could I want to. I wanted to because I was like, how can mera hana? And to yeah. this day, the, the dishes that I created for Miguel is still on the menu. And I hope to God it never goes away because they'll I love those dishes. You know, I love there, those but... dishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like even like during during uh, like when we were also setting up like buying kitchen equipment mm-hmm. setting up because so like hum, will we be able to do this like every day we would ask each other like how are yeah. we going to do this and initially it was just Varun and I it was just the two of us in the kitchen there was no one else the, the whole get kitchen it, team it. was Varun and I and we both like uh, we we would question ourselves also but it was uh, both of us did push each other enough to uh, get, uh, get things done and I mean that. Uh, I mean that was a risk worth taking, and uh, we we are where we are now uh, because of uh, the days we pushed each other. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I still remember when you know when Madhav mentioned we were living for the month in Delhi before we went to Goa. I mean, there were a few times where you know we used to go out and then we used to come back home and it just hit me. We're like, oh, dude, we're opening up a restaurant, and I just start crying. I'm like, oh, dude, we're opening up a restaurant. Can we do this? Can we do this? And even yeah. in Goa, like the first couple of uh, weeks at Miguel that opened, I used to go to bed crying every night, not because it was like, I was sad or anything, because mm-hmm. it was just so emotionally and physically exhausting. Our day just started at like eight and at midnight. Um, but even then it didn't stop, right? Because you're still yeah. thinking about the entire day that you just went and what went wrong. Because like, even the two dishes that I mentioned earlier, the chorizo and the beef, what they're now versus what they were in our first couple yeah. of weeks of serving are completely different. And that can go for all of the dishes on the menu. None yeah, of the dishes true. are really the same because, you know, every day after service, you go home, you're like, okay, ye change karna, ye change karna. This constant so, development. Like, you know, 
of of you never let it be okay because as soon as you realize that right. ah, it's okay that's where you've messed up you you don't get perfection the closest thing True. you can do is is do what you can to get there but will you ever get there no because perfection doesn't exist it's it's what you perceive as perfection exactly. right Exactly. And for me right now, I think the beef dish is on the menu is, is as perfect as that dish can be, because yeah. I'm not there. Whether or not the kitchen does any changes to it, you know, if you could add some damn truffled and foie gras, you know, it'd be, I think <laughs> that dish would be incredible. But but at the price point, Miguel is giving it, you know, um, mm. I think that dish is. I yeah. really miss cooking that dish. I really miss making that yeah. pasta, man. One thing like the Varun and I always did was like like as he just said like the perfection doesn't exist but every day like yep. ev- every time a customer would say something to us or a client would tell us something we would always take it into consideration and like on, on a daily basis we would try to improve everything as much as we can mm-hmm. which was a very sure. important factor at Miguel's because essentially Miguel's is a place where uh, the chefs are directly interacting with the guests because it's an open kitchen the guests are right. sitting right in right. front of us so like they have constantly they're looking at us how we're plating how we're cooking so we yeah. have to always be clean and organized and at the same time interact with the guests so uh, their input matters a lot to us and uh, every day we would reevaluate what we've done what we've made what we've cooked and how it can be better or even more organized the next day true true and i think you know this is the reason why that this episode is going to be fire because we have two young entrepreneurs chef who at the age of 23 uh, you know started their own thing and like you know uh, varun rightly said that Uh, you couldn't have imagined that right after college you would be opening your own thing you you must have thought that yeah i'll work under some chef i'll hone my skills more and then maybe you know 5 years down the line i'll do something but doing that uh, jumping directly into the business world understanding how you how you build something from the grounds up that is something uh, which this episode really wants to f- uh, focus on and showcase so guys uh, jumping to the, the to the meat of uh, the episode uh, there there's always an impact uh, that the region has on on uh, the taste of a restaurant right and uh, this is uh, this is quite well presented with miguel's as well so would you like to tell us uh, you know what sort of strategies generally uh, young entrepreneurs can really adopt in order to ensure that there's a surreal experience uh, of the region's taste uh, in sure. their in their menu offering Uh, Varun, would you would you like me to start? Uh, <laughs> yeah, go for it, go for it, go for it. Um, so, I mean, uh, especially for restaurants or for the F&B industry, the region that you are in matters a lot because obviously the produce in the region is going going to highlight the food that you're cooking at, right? But yep. at the same time, like uh, for Miguel's, for example, uh, the restaurant is located in the death center of Fontainas in the in Panjim. Fontainas is mm-hmm. the main uh, Latin quarters area, so uh, Miguel's is in a building which has a portuguese uh, goan architecture uh, outlook to it and we the, right. the interiors of the place also has been given a 1950 60s uh, gatsby art deco kind of a vibe mm-hmm. um, but even before the construction started varun and i for the first 6 to 8 months when we were in goa we were doing a, a crazy amounts of r&d every day we would uh, drive one or two hours down to south goa go to a, 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 a farm research facility and like uh, see what what produce is grown how is it grown uh, we would go to local restaurants uh, and to s- small families and uh, like see how they cook at home uh, mm-hmm. and uh, to just because uh, uh, technically speaking every uh, every region has its own concept of hospitality uh, right whether it's uh, in if in the house or in a hotel and five star hotels do uh, try to 
nitpicks uh, small aspects of it but uh, it's not as personalized so we took small ideas and concepts whether it's from food or produce or also mm-hmm. hospitality uh, that exists in goa and try to kind of uh, modernize it and make it more contemporary and make it uh, made it our own style of uh, hospitality per se and uh, so so when we started doing uh, the uh, r&d and once we started cooking i think uh, varuna initially were like we should do like modern goan food and okay. uh, which wasn't the smartest thing to do because yeah. if you are yeah. in dead center panjim and there are so many locals and if i try to do something with the food that they've been eating for centuries and they'd be like ye kya bana diya tumne <laughs> so <laughs> we had to slightly change our uh, kind of outlook to it and then we did we what we decided to do was that uh, what is now called intuitive cuisine is like we need to take our best skill set and adapt it to what we have around us so right. we are already using the produce that we have in goa we are using our skill set that we've learned in from the different restaurants and uh, and from the college that we have learned in and everything and apply that in our in our own uh, applied our method process to it uh and then what we decided to do was to have an open kitchen so that uh, we could interact with all the guests that will come so we can give them a story behind every dish and they can also see how mm-hmm. everything is made so it had it, ha- it had a very contemporary approach to it per se uh yeah varun is there something you would like to add to this sure uh always um it your cuisine is also determined definitely by the place you are because uh my kind of food i you know i would love to do a prefix menu of like eight courses and charge you an x amount and like you know get an ingredient from france and the us and get the best of the truffles and chickens and you know all that but will it work in a place like god it won't because that's not the kind of clientele you will have that's not the kind of people that's not the vibe that's not um the kind of food that they enjoy eating so you also got to understand it from a perspective of what the people like because at the end of the day they're the one paying your bill right yep and you yep. know a lot of people you know go on the fact that you know the customers always right the customers always i'm sorry to burst your bubble but that's not true <laughs> but you know we still let it slide because at the end of the day it is a business right money needs to come in and the only way money comes in is is by customers and yep. you also got to understand where you're at in terms of location like if you were in bombay you could definitely open a super fancy place and it would work mm. but if in goa it wouldn't work like in yeah, dubai true, true both of them would work because you have both of the clientele you have those mindsets um mm. and so you know people got to really understand that okay you want to do something but it's also parallelly determined on where you are at yeah. um So you know location location is key right so it's all about location 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 really chooses you know the kind of food that you're serving now had miguel's been in the north the food would have been completely different yeah i mean just to it give a been, perspective uh, yeah. north north goa is like if anybody comes to goa uh, they generally live in north goa they go to the the Uh, the usual suspects uh, is anjuna yeah, yeah. baga kalangut kandule baga bagatur where all the parties happen where all the places are yeah. right but all these uh, places are also first of all they're seasonal uh, all these places uh, are shut during the monsoons and also it has a completely different way or perspective towards goa which sadly majority of the country has uh, there is a lot more to goa that most of the people i would say 80% of the people who come to goa 
do not look at, uh, including Panjim, South Goa, the history and heritage of Goa, the, the forests, the produce. Uh, uh, while talking about locality and produce, Varun and I uh, discovered this beautiful mushroom that grows called Ulmi Oof. mushroom. Ulmi mushroom Oof. grows only for a month or two during the peak mm. rains in monsoons in Goa. Mm. And uh, it basically, uh, the mushroom has a symbiotic relationship uh, with the termite fields and the trees and the insects that grow around it. So you okay. can only uh, uh, harvest it for, for about a month when it's raining and it tastes beautiful. And there are these local aunties sitting like on the roadsides and they'll be selling it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, you get like uh, 500 grams or for like 800 or 1000 rupees. It's pretty expensive. Oh, okay. Uh, but the flavor profile of it is amazing. And uh, that's what every day we were just discovering so many things uh, while living in, in Panjim. And plus Panjim is a living and breathing city. It's uh, it's not just a party place, uh, unlike other yep, places. So yep. like the clientele also that we were getting, there were there were people from Bombay, from Delhi, or like even from Goa, uh, restaurateurs or like foodies who have been living in mm. Goa for a while. And most of that kind of people live on, on, on this side of Goa. Uh, because obviously uh, once you're living in Goa you're not partying all the time you, you, you have right. a life you have a business to run so we mm. started interacting with those people and they, they started understanding the food that we were doing and at the same time you know every day Varun and I would wake up around 7.30, 8 o'clock we would go to the local uh, mandi buy our own mm-hmm. sabji buy our own fish buy our own beef or chicken and eggs and take it to the restaurant process it cook it and then do service as well and it it really like humbled us in terms of like just trying to cook with like basic ingredients every day yeah, instead of yeah. just using fancy ingredients and like you know just because uh, and if if you give somebody caviar uh, you just have to put it on a plate with with other fancy ingredients. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what Varun and I were doing was trying to find uh, different cuts of meat, for, uh, like Varun's uh, uh, gnocchi dish, which is uh, so famous. It's still one of our best sellers. Uh, we found the randomest cut of the cow one day at, at a butcher. It's the hump of the cow. And, mm. and it's very rarely used because it's so it's such a tough piece of meat. And then we slow cooked it for seven to eight hours. That would completely render all its uh, fat and um, veins in it. That, that it melts in your mouth when you eat it. But okay. yeah, that was a discovery we made ourselves because we decided to just, uh, we just threw ourselves in the deep end and then saw mm-hmm. uh, where it takes us. True, true. That's really interesting. And uh, I think, you know, that also points out uh, to another uh, real topic, which is around curating the right kind of menu Mm -hmm. uh, for your restaurant. So even before I get into this question, Mm -hmm. let's let's, uh, get to know both of you a bit better. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Varun first. Okay, so Varun, you need to tell me uh, out of the entire menu... I know you yeah. guys love each and every uh, dish on the menu, but <laughs> out of the entire menu, Varun, which one is Madhav's favorite dish? Uh, can I get two? One sweet, one savory? No, no, no. You get only one and then Madhav, Madhav needs to confirm whether that's the one or not. Chorizo. It's got to be the chorizo. Chorizo, man. chorizo. 100%. Chorizo, dude. <laughs> It's so okay. good. It's so yeah. good. Oh my! Because our butcher, so our our chorizo supplier is an incredible going farmer, and he mm. makes his own chorizo at home and he smokes it himself. You know, and it's so it's a little expensive. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, 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 it's about the 20, most balanced. 
Yeah, it's okay. so young. Like, the, the best thing about that chorizo is like, I mean, you, uh, throughout Goa, wherever you go, you'll you'll find mm-hmm. chorizo. You'll make, find aunties that make chorizo, but mm-hmm. uh, some will be too spicy, some will be too smoky, some will be too tangy, too much vinegar. This guy's chorizo was perfect. Right amount of fat, <laughs> right amount of spice, and uh, Chef Varun being uh, the 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 creator creator of this dish balanced it out even more. So like. The, that that it's it's perfect. That dish is a perfectly balanced chorizo dish, and I I make this bread with it called a pau brioche. A brioche is okay. a is a bread which has eggs, milk, lots of butter inside. So it's a very rich mm, bread. Mm. And pau is obviously um, pau pau is a local Goan bread. Or you also get it yeah. in Maharashtra as well. So we took both the recipes, and it uh, if if uh, if, a, uh, if if the French and a, and a Goan had a baby, it'll be called a pau brioche. <laughs> And Wonderful. yeah, that, that uh, dish is uh, was perfect. It, 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 I mean, it, it feeds the soul. Wow, lovely! Yeah. So next, whenever I'm in Goa, I'm gonna have that dish for sure. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So now, now, uh, Madhav, it's your turn. Oh, uh, one dish, right? Yep. It's Saradura. Saradura. Any dish. Oh man! <laughs> Every time you know we used to make the Sarad because we have to do it in large batches. Every time I, I used to take like half a kilo home because like you know leftover because you can't we couldn't fill up all the molds. So mm-hmm. Madhav used to keep a little half kilo uh, stash for me in the fridge so it sets with the gelatin. I used to take it home and eat, eat it over the next four days. If if, um, if I was ever like not good in the kitchen and like Varun was angry at me, I would just make some extra saradura. Saradura. And and well, I used and- to call it quality control because they're like, bro, why are you eating half a kilo? I was like, oh, you know, quality control. You gotta make sure the products right, man. <laughs> Yeah. So these two dishes are uh, truly different from each other, right? Saradura is a dessert. Uh, Saradura mm-hmm. essentially is basically it was a post-war dessert. Uh, it, it's also it's also sold in Portugal as well. Uh, okay. But once the second industrial industrial revolution started, a lot of canning and uh, canned products and uh, whipped cream mm-hmm. and uh, all that stuff started. Mary biscuits, all this stuff came then. So Saradura initially was a dessert that could be easily made in any household without having to do too much so it's the traditional recipe is just whipped cream powdered mary biscuit and milk made and for us indian kids also the 90s kids we've all uh, made these biscuits uh, powdered mary biscuit and milk made ka uh, cold cookies when we were kids so it it still a certain extent that when you eat a saradura it reminds you of your childhood also uh, so we just did, did a fancier version of it to make it more nuttier and better we add brown butter in it uh, we make a dolce de leche, which is caramelized, uh, caramelized milk, and we set the saradura like a panna cotta, and we like freeze uh, mary biscuit and brown butter and shave it on top. But yeah, it's uh, there's there's something uh, beautiful about that d- dessert. True, true, and th- this is you know uh, what will lead to my next question because you yeah. both have a very different taste, right? Yes. And uh, we spoke we spoke about that at the start of the episode also that you have a very different taste, you have a very different style of cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how how does uh, you know uh, one uh, you know menu card gets curated mm-hmm. uh, for a restaurant? So what sort of tips and strategies would you like to share with our audience today so that they can create that perfect <laughs> menu card for their restaurant? Um, ideally, uh, First of all, like whatever menu you make, let's if you're looking at, at a business uh, aspect of it, the first rule that Varun and I also established was that if you're selling a dish for hundred rupees, the food cost of it uh, in in a, in a, in, a fi- in a fine restaurant should be twenty five to thirty rupees. That should be the food cost. So you're making seventy rupees mm. out of the hundred. 
uh, in in a smaller restaurant like a cafe or 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 or, or, or something simpler, your, your food cost should not go beyond fifteen to eighteen rupees for sure. So okay. That, so hmm. keeping that in mind, you you start creating your dishes, uh, and I mean while making a recipe card or while making a menu, the season comes into hand. Uh, whatever hmm. produce you have access to in your fifty fifty kilometer radius comes into hand, and then uh, what happens? Varun, anything else you would like to add? Yeah, um, it also depends on. W- what you feel like you want to serve to the customers because at one point that definitely comes down to play um so so when so when we were making the the menu for miguel's um we sat down and we figured out what kind of dishes we wanted to do in the sense of what proteins we wanted to go do what desserts mm-hmm. we wanted to do how many items we wanted to do because because whenever you go to miguel's and you see the restaurant you see the kitchen it's quite small like, it's, a, um, it's, it's a very small. It's apparently the smallest kitchen in the world. It's a very tight space. Yeah. It's a tight space. Like hmm. my my bathroom at home is bigger than the kitchen at Miguel's, right? So if if that tells you anything <laughs> on how small the kitchen is, because uh, three people is too many people, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. it's it's a real tight space. So you got to take the space into your 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 restaurant, your kitchen space into consideration, your staff skills into consideration. Even though that's much later. You still got to think about it a little bit, uh, yeah. like if you want to do table side service and um, yeah. this or that. Um, the whole logistics of it. You, yeah, right. and 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 more than anything, you 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 got to be true to yourself because you can do all the fancy, trendy food in the world, but at the end of the day, if you're not cooking food true to yourself, food that you're happy eating, because if you're not going to yeah. eat your food, don't cook it. Yeah, because right. if you yourself ain't going to eat it, banakuro. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I love eating chorizo. I love eating potatoes, and I love eating onions. So I put all of the three elements into one dish, and now it's a chorizo dish. So uh, you you gotta understand. Also, oh, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. If you want to overcomplicate yeah. it, time that time <laughs> will come. There's no especially yeah. if you're starting out. Keep it simple. Keep it fresh. Keep it light. Make sure the flavor is staying true to yourself, and and so when you do the menu, right, you gotta. So let's say for starters, you have a few proteins you want to use. For the main, you have a few proteins you want to use. Mm-hmm. And for the dessert, you want to do a chocolate base, a cream base, and a cake base, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for the starters, we wanted to do pork, um, fish, and then a few veg and a salad. For the main, we want to do chicken, fish, and beef, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. pork, we still haven't gone there because we already have pork in the starter. And for the dessert, we want to do something creamy, something chocolate. We have both of them in it, right? Mm, and mm. so from from that little uh, yeah, basic template, construct, you move on from there. Then you add more and, more factors to it. And right. so you know what flavors you want to do. What so with each day? So like with the beef, or I'll give you the beef example because I've worked with that the most. So with the mm. beef, it, it's a super rich, hearty, like eight-hour braised beef. So I want to do something nice and a little light. So I did some mm. uh, gnocchi with a carrot sauce. It's a little okay. sweet. It's a little like the gnocchi just melts in your mouth. Um, but then the beef, even though it's braised, it's still got a crust on it because it's seared. So you get that bite from the beef, the meltiness from your, mm-hmm. your gnocchi. And then you get a little acidity and bite from the pickles. And then you have your beef uh, sauce at the end. So, you know, it's it's not just, it's, it's not just a, like each dish has got to be thoughtful there's got to be a reason to why yeah. adding so you need to have to like some components on every dish right like uh, so you need to have the right flavor profiles in a dish and then you need to have the right textures in the dish as well 
So if correct, you correct. need to have the crunch, you need to have the bite, you mm. need to have the smoothness or the creaminess, right? If something is too overpowering, it will mean it means either either texture wise or flavor wise. Mm. Either something something can be too too overpowering flavor wise means like it's it's too strong uh, or or too pungent or too sweet or too bitter. To to balance that off, you add more components. But at the same time, True. so like as Varun said, like you need to keep it simple, silly, right? But like the thing uh, now. As I said, Varun and I work like yin and yang. I overthink, and Varun simplifies things. <laughs> so, uh, generally, what I do is I would uh, uh, like, for example, let's let's take apples, right? So I will uh, okay. uh, make the center of the dish an apple, and then I would mm. mind map it. Like, what works with apples? Uh, with apples, uh, I get them. Cinnamon works, right? Cinnamon works with cinnamon mm. and apple. Uh, rum works. Rum, cinnamon, and apple is a classic combination. uh what works with all 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 four of them almonds uh then you can keep adding layers to it and once you have the whole mind map uh, conceptualization of different flavors and different ingredients then you add the cooking methods to them and then you technically right. created your own dish so wonderful yeah that's kind of the thought process that both of us hmm. go through on uh, a daily basis no that is that is absolutely absolutely phenomenal and uh, like we you know discussed earlier also it's really important that you work together as a team and you understand each other's uh, you know strengths and you play on that uh, so what what would be your uh, uh, let's say tip or a recommendation to young entrepreneurs who are just entering into the fnb space or maybe they want to start their own thing do you uh, do you feel they should uh, go for a, a speciality kind of a uh, menu or should they go general and then maybe deep dive slowly what would be your recommendation so i mean anurag it uh, first of all it de- depends on the business plan uh, that that uh, you you would create and the target market that you will approach but ideally i would say that this is the right time to do different menus and different styles of food because there are so many uh, new ventures opened within the industry uh, in goa itself there are resorts that are based on yoga and ayurveda so there are uh, you know people working on like uh, uh, menus based on ayurvedic medicine and herbs that can go in, into that there are the chefs all over the world that are trying to like you know uh, find ingredients and produce that is not found uh, right. like the, the generalized produce that we buy uh, in the vegetable market yep. uh, the people are foraging there there are there are a lot of ways to go about it but 100% it, it depends on the business plan that you have and how you want to go about it if you have the right target market and also it depends on the research that you've done also uh, if you want to really uh, uh, do different kind of food you should uh, you should try it you should uh, do a trial run you should uh, do some surveys to, to uh, uh, try and do the tasting menu with a few people see what the feedback you get work on it because uh, I mean, in the F and B industry, you're you're working on on food or and and the cocktails or the, or your plan every day. You're you're evolving every day. Right. So it's, right. there's there's never one uh, constant uh, concept that you'll have. And even if you do have that, you will probably have to change it in some time because your regulars will all be like, "We've tried everything that you've made. Let's let's try something new." True. True. That's absolutely uh, correct, Madhav. And uh, Varun, what would be your closing thoughts and uh, tips for entrepreneurs? uh who are just starting off in the industry maybe they are starting on their own or they are working under some uh, chef what would be what would be your advice to them um be wary of uh, you you need to wholeheartedly understand where your finance is coming from hmm. madhav and i were super lucky enough to find partners who invested in the restaurant and invested in this idea 
होल हार्टेडली विदाउट डाउटिंग indication of where to go now i'm not saying that you don't go all out go all out but that doesn't mean you need to start serving super expensive things now you can always start small and grow every yes, restaurant true. starts small every restaurant grows um so and and you know when when it's your money you have that uh, fear of oh what if i do something wrong but you know when it's someone else's money you're like oh okay mere paise nahi it's fine that that's not the way to go about it even if yeah. it's somebody else's money you got to think about it as it's your own money because you're still investing whether it's not True. money it's still time right and and in today's yeah. day time is money time is everything right because it's the one thing we can't get back in life yeah. money comes and goes time is once you're done being 23 you're done you know you're not getting <laughs> it back and so you got to understand that even though it's somebody else's money and they might quote unquote own it you got to genuinely genuinely and excuse my friend you genuinely got to give a shit about the place you're working with the food that you're serving that your clients to your customers yeah. your staff you know yeah. you want to build a restaurant okay great everyone does you know everyone who has money these days wants to open up a restaurant but you know people got to understand that restaurants not just the food it's 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 an it's a community it's an environment it's where people come to spend their time their money come yeah. for occasions we've had people celebrate their 50th 60th their wedding anniversaries you know incredible event, um there days in their life and celebrations yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's it's a place where all social it's, activities happen exactly and, yeah. and do you plan for it to happen no but it happens because of the environment you've created and and you want to focus on good food and consistently serving what you want Now could yeah. I easily charge you $1000 for putting caviar and foie gras and ruffles 100% but can I do it every day at the same quality probably not because you are at the end of the day a human you know you only have a certain capacity before you True. you you yeah. you uh, you reach that limit and then you got to take a break from it so yep. if you're starting small I always recommend start small because if you start small you can go big but if you've gone big you can't really size down you know start small be consistent know what you're doing be true to yourself take it a day at a time don't be too harsh take criticism yes but you don't have to listen to everything they say you <laughs> yeah, know because yeah. that's yeah. the end you can't make everyone happy yeah. you know you're yeah. you know you can't exactly. and so you need to understand that everyone has a different palate everyone got a different sense of you know yeah. understanding food like i come from a family where my brother will go out and spend a thousand dollars on food but then my tauji mm. is like what's the point you know it, it's going to come out of my system in 24 hours so you got to understand that <laughs> in the world you've got so many kinds of different people yeah you yep. got to be where you're comfortable with in terms of the restaurant the food the service style and and no one's stopping you from in a year or so later you know when the mm. restaurant gets mm. successful and you know you've made money and instead of taking that money and spending it on whatever you want reinvest it into exactly. the business And if yeah. you don't want to reinvest the entire thing, take 50% of the money you've made and reinvest into that. Now, yeah. whether it be kitchen equipment or seats or uniform or whatever it may be, or decor yeah. or lighting or posters or 
it might be anything or, or ingredient, but you know, you always got to, there's, there's, there's another thing. I mean, like, as, as Varun said, like if, if you, if you open a place or you plan to open a place uh, or like, even if you like your, your place is up and running and it's doing really well, uh, doesn't mean that, 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 that's it. That's, that's not the ending point. If, if you've perfected something or like you've, you've reached that level means that you've, you've, uh, kind of you, you, everything that you've learned, you applied your skill and you, you've gotten there. But it basically also means that it's time to learn more because with a lot of chefs oh. and with a lot of people, what happens is that restaurant diya, khana chal they won't want to step down or go and work again as an intern somewhere else or go abroad and like try to True. get back more information, learn more. Because like uh, being a chef or studying culinary arts is like like studying medicine. It's 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 uh, yeah. it's never ending. There's there's so many ingredients, there's so many methods of cooking, there's so many cuisines, there's so much to learn and read and write and uh, research on that it's never ending so like just just don't stop uh, learning and like researching and like don't don't build an ego where you think that you know everything just remember the fact that even after you, you created something successful there's a lot more that you can c- continue to do and learn so true so true i mean uh, these are words of wisdom and uh, i'm sure you guys uh you know you, you'll make proud of the kind of food that you make your customers you know your your uh, staff and everybody who tastes your dishes. So guys, if you are in Goa this fall, don't forget to visit Miguel's. We'll put the links in the show notes below, also the address so you can go and check them out. And do tell them if you heard us uh, on the Socially Desi show <laughs> and you went there, do tell Madhav he's going to be there and I'm sure that will bring a smile on his face and our faces as well. 100%. So with that, uh, Madhav and Varun, thank you so much for being on the show. I've enjoyed thank this you, episode Madhav. and I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't know for some reason. For some reason, my stomach is saying, boss, eat something now. Just <laughs> made you hungry. Thank uh, you. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Wait. See you soon. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank see you. you. Soon. Hope to yep. see you guys in Dubai very soon. I wish yes. I could be there feeding you the beef and chorizo. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Also, we have live music on Thursday nights uh, at Miguel. So if Anurag, you ever come down, uh, come for a music night. We'll uh, we'll for eat and drink sure. together. For sure, for sure. I'm, I'm definitely planning to be in Goa, but uh, not sure when. But yeah. let's see. Hope that day comes soon. <laughs> so that wraps it up for today, folks. If you liked the episode, give it a big thumbs up, share it with your friends and let's go viral. Remember, our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. We would love to have Madhav and Varun, the dynamic chef duo on our show again in the future to talk more about the lovely dishes and make us hungry again. So if you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com. And as always, before I sign off, remember, life is black and white and everything in between.